The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today show for June twentieth, two thousand nineteen. Is NBA draft day, draft night coming up? Um, but on today's show, we're going to be talking about. First of all, I should introduce myself. My name is Neil Rochlani. Um, I'm also here with Eric Ong. I shouldn't say here with Eric Ong, but on the show with Eric Ong. Um, and we're going to be talking about, first of all, some news and notes. We'll be talking about Mike Conley and the impact of that for not just himself, but also the two teams that are affected. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of the NBA draft. And then finally, we are breaking down the Golden State Warriors. Before I bring on uh, Eric, let me just mention that we are sponsored by Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. You can find their delicious coffee products at HawaiianIsles.com or on Amazon.com. And now I bring in Eric Ong. How are you doing tonight? Or I should say it's this morning where you are. How are you? Uh, hi, Neil. Yeah, it's actually uh, noon where I am in my part of the world. Yeah. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm glad to be back, first of all. Yeah, thank you for having me back on your show. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to talk about the NBA. Obviously, no longer fantasy right now, but the NBA in general and, you know, what's it's it's a great time for the for the league. Oh yeah, we can also talk about the. Uh, you're going to be on the Hoop Ball show tomorrow. Is, was there a show going tomorrow? Is it a? Uh... No, no, I'll be covering. Oh yes, by the way, shout out to everyone who's going to be with me, yeah. crewing up uh, Hoop Ball, uh, the Hoop Ball feed. We're going to be live blurbing the NBA draft, every pick, every transaction. It's going to go live on Hoopball dot com. Oh, God bless you, because that is going to be crazy. The NBA draft always has like these multi-team trades in addition to the picks going on. So you guys are going to be busy as heck. Um, yes, yes. that's. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, I'm half looking forward to that, both because of the exciting news and for the, for the panic I'll be going through as I, I type away at those blurbs. But overall, it's, 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 an, exciting, it's an exciting day. I'm I'm actually glad that there were a lot of trades that already happened over the week, um, you know, saving me some blood, sweat, and tears for tomorrow night or tonight as this show is airing, actually. Yeah, that uh, that's a great segue into our first topic, and that is the, uh, the Mike Conley deal to Utah. You know, there was rumors last year he might go uh, at the trade deadline. Um, I, if I remember correctly, he was held out for a couple of games. There was thoughts he was going to go. There was that thing where I think he said goodbye to his teammates or something at one point, or goodbye to the fans, and then it never transpired. And now he's finally um, being shipped off to Utah. Um, what, what are your What are your initial thoughts about this? Did you see it happening? Do you have any uh, hot takes you want to share with us before I, I give mine? Oh well, yeah, I. I, I... I pretty much had the Jazz um, locked in on Conley as far as as last season was concerned. They were the actual front runners, or 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 should I say, the team that showed the most legitimate interest in Conley, um, with them wanting an upgrade um, for their Ricky Rubio. And it appears they've been able to acquire Conley 
without having to give up Rubio. Um, the detail, well, just just to summarize the trade, they're giving up Grayson Allen, um, Jay Crowder, and a still playing Kyle Corver. God bless his soul. Um, and I think you know a, a few picks for Mike Conley. So uh, I don't think they're done. I actually think that the Jazz may um, trade away Rubio or let him go or whatever. But I don't think we're going to see a a shared you know, a timeshare situation between Conley and um, Rubio. That said, I agree with what I've been reading mostly um, online, and that the Jazz this this move um, drastically improves the Jazz's chances to come out um, of the West as far as, you know, early, way too early playoff pictures are concerned because uh, Conley has uh, a better well-rounded game compared to Rubio. He can score. He's, a you know, obviously a solid defender, and he can pass. So I, I'm pretty happy for the Jazz, you know, with, you know, getting Conley. Yeah, let me ask you your first take, though. Uh, let's, let's start with Conley. Um, fantasy performance next year. Um, better, worse, no change. Worse, actually. Um, as talented as Conley is and as good as he's been over the last couple of seasons with the Grizzlies, um, I can't help but notice the the impact that the style of play that the Jazz have, you know, it, it's going to make an impact on his game because they're a very slow-paced team. They're a very, you know, deliberate team as far as, you know, focusing on half court sets and whatnot. They they're not the push push the tempo team and and it's um that style of play is going to have an impact on Conley. He's he's not going to get to run the floor as much and um you know as we know up tempo styles are are more favorable as far as fantasy production is concerned. At least this is a general rule. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Also in Memphis, like, he was sort of relied upon to score. Um, they didn't have many options, and I think that will take a hit in Utah as well as they have, obviously, um, guys who can score the basketball. And, and you're right, the pace is going gonna, is gonna to affect him as well. And then, as we know, he's, he's someone who has been in the past very good at steals, and that tends to go down as you get older. So I think um, his steals might take a little bit hit too. So, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, my, my initial thoughts is his value is going down. I'm not sure how much I'll devalue him, but um, probably not a, a whole lot, but certainly at least around um, a value, if not more. Um, any thoughts on how this impacts the, uh, the the main guys over there in Utah? Well, yeah, um, not not so much uh, based on Conley's arrival per se, but at first I was I was trying to analyze how will this impact Donovan Mitchell, who's you know still a young up-and-coming guy who who really probably hasn't uh, touched his ceiling as far as his development is concerned. And I think we're going to see Donovan Mitchell play farther from the basket because if you think about it, the, um, the Jazz have traded away some of their best three-point shooters in Corver and Crowder. Um, they're left with uh, Smoke and Joe as their... <laughs> their best three-point shooter. And I think they're going to need Mitchell to spread the floor a bit more, give allow Rudy Gobert you know, some of that extra space down low in the post. Um, yes, I don't think, you know, 
Mitchell's gonna get hurt a lot. Uh, having an you know a solid pass first guard like Conley playing alongside him might actually work out for the better. But I fear that you know playing farther from the hoop is gonna cause a slight dip in his field goal percentage. Unfortunately. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, obviously, he didn't have as much of a leap this year as a lot of us had hoped based off that rookie year fantasy, I mean, playoff performance that was sort of like that big breakout for him and that it kind of subsided here in second year. But um, I think having, yeah, experienced backcourt will might help him in, in some areas. We'll see. I, I don't know how to how to really evaluate this on Mitchell just yet. Um, I don't really think it impacts Gobert um, at all. No, not really. Yeah, yeah. he's going to... He's going to board. He's going to block. He's going to do what he does. You know, I think he's, this might, he's solid. yeah, he's solid. I think this might hurt Ingles assists a little bit. Um, cause he was running a bit of the offense off ball of, uh, Mitchell. And sometimes Rubio would just bring up the ball up the court and kind of hand it off pretty quickly. Um, and Conley, I don't think is going to do that as much. So we'll see, we'll see how they run the offense, but I think this might hurt, um, Ingles assists. Do you have any thoughts on how that might impact Ingles? I'm inclined to agree with you, actually, Neil. I think that we're going to see the ball in the hands of Conley and Mitchell a lot more. Um, that that would free up Ingles to become the primary kickout three-point shooter, actually. And um, we're going to see from there if he's going to be able to do, um, you know, bring to the table a lot of those peripheral uh, contributions that we he's been known for and has become a, a fantasy darling over the last few seasons. Yeah, he's one of those guys that doesn't do anything great, but he does it all pretty well. And that makes him really valuable in fantasy. And we'll see if he does take a hit there or if perhaps the offense uh, still kind of runs through him. Not runs through him, but he still has, you know, the ability to make those um, plays with Conley out there as well. Um, all right. I don't think there's anyone else really on Utah we need to talk about unless I miss somebody. Um, should we head over to Memphis and, and, and think about how this impacts their their team and their fantasy, some of the players over there. I mean, my initial thought was DeLon Wright was um, in line for some serious load. But as we were talking about before we came uh, to recording this, you mentioned that John Morant is projected to go to Memphis uh, in the draft tonight. So maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, What are your thoughts on the point guard situation in Memphis? Oh, yeah, that's for sure. The the Grizzlies have uh, already – you know, broadcast that um, that preference of theirs over a month ago, actually. And um, I think they're pretty much locked in in Morant. Um, just before we got on this to, to record the show, there was some news that came out regarding the Pelicans in that they're, um, let me see, trying to acquire that second overall pick that the, that the Grizzlies hold, um, hoping to steal R.J. Barrett. Um, whom the Knicks, who have the third pick, have been targeting. I think that, you know, for some I- interesting dynamic, they're, they're hoping to to keep that Duke tandem of um, R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson, who they're obviously going to be taking first overall intact because they, they, they clearly show that they're, you know, able to run that floor quite well together. But Again, because of McCauley's departure and because the Grizzlies did not get a point guard in return in that deal, I'm not holding my breath that, that um, the Pelicans will be successful. If ever 
it does happen or come to fruition, they might need a third team in the mix to, you know, to give um, the Grizzlies some rebate. But if in the end that this rumored, you know, moves of 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 of, of the Pelicans does does happen, your your Delon Wright idea, you know, might just you know he might be a big impact player because the guy was a monster um, <clears throat> towards the tail end of 2018-19 and actually killed me and cost me a, a third place finish in one of my leagues. Yeah, he, he had a great down the stretch. I think Memphis is obviously going into tank mode. Um, yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. It's going to be interesting to see how his development um, matures without the sort of um, veteran leadership that they once had. So... Curious to see if that means he has more free reign just to kind of go nuts, or if this means his development is a little bit um, uh, stifled because it doesn't have as many people there guiding him. So uh, I'm, I'm too, it's too early for me to say on him. Hopefully, he'll be back. Uh, I think he's coming back at the beginning of the year. I'm not sure actually on that. I should probably yeah, I think he's 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 going to be healthy. Yeah, um, I think he's recovered, and you know the Grizzlies were playing it safe with him. Obviously, uh, what's What's holding me back from coming in with a a serious hot take on his projection is the fact that there's still uncertainty as to whether the Grizzlies will be keeping Jonas Valanciunas. I think he's, I'm not sure, but I'll double check. I think he's opting out um, of his deal and may not, may or may not, you know, be with the Grizzlies. He was actually, yes, um, Valanciunas is declining his $17.6 million player option and is going to become a free agent. So there, he might actually be wearing a different jersey. And so we might just actually have uh, JJJ, you know, manning the entire front court with, yeah, I, I don't know, ta- you know, with Ivan Rab ta- tagging along and, you know, yeah. making a mess of things along with him. But, you know, it's going to be a very young front court for the Grizzlies if Valanciunas does leave the Grizz. Yeah, and the, I don't know if um, how you feel about this, but I remember, I don't know how many years ago it was, but Jay Crowder was pretty uh, fantasy va- uh, valuable when he played for Boston a handful of years ago. He had a pretty solid role over there. Do you think that might... Uh, resurrect here in Memphis. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I've I, I've I've come to to terms with that, and I think uh, similar to Isaiah Thomas, uh, we're gonna have to chalk it up to the Brad Stevens effect. Okay, and I think it was more of a result of of him being coached uh, by Stevens and Stevens being able to be you know that wizard coach that he is, bring out the best. Um, in a player like Crowder, so I think we're gonna have to let go of that 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 image of Crowder. Obviously, um, a faster pace in Memphis is gonna favor him, but I don't think we should hold our you know collective breaths expecting a Boston Celtics Crowder to to find a renaissance in this upcoming season. Yeah, I'm totally uh, with you on that. I was just hoping you just go that way. <laughs> just to see what he would say. Because I don't I think Crowder he had some many he had many opportunities last year, I think, when there were injuries in, in uh Utah and he was never that great, even when he had a lot of minutes. And I don't I don't think he's gonna resurrect that fantasy value, unfortunately. Um 
Although I'm not sure in Memphis who's going to be much more valuable. I mean, who else is going to be there for a lot of value besides Jaron Jackson Jr. and then maybe, you know, John Moran if he ends up there as well. Um, well, if, if healthy, slow-mo. Oh, is, is, is somebody I'd consider because yeah. he's an often overlooked guy. Like even some <laughs> podcasters I know don't even remember him. I, I, but, I totally forgot about slow-mo. But said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anderson is somebody who's you know um, often forgotten because he he doesn't pop. He's you know solid, doesn't hurt you anywhere, but does a bit of everything. Yeah, he's one of those guys that's a very good fantasy value player, or he has a lot of fantasy value, much more so than his uh, sort of reality value. Sometimes it seems out there, and. I'll be interested to see. Obviously, he had some injury issues last year. I'm not sure if his role is is uh, set with this team. This is one of those teams that I think can be having a lineup out there we may not be familiar with until we see it on opening night and into the preseason. Um, so I'm I'm kind of holding my breath on not holding my breath. I'm kind of waiting to see what emerges in uh, Memphis before and kind of taking a stab at these guys. Uh, anyone else on Memphis you want to mention? Do you think might be impacted by this trade? Uh, no, not really. I, I think it's we're gonna pretty much see a tanking Memphis team. They're gonna, uh, you know, build around um, Jackson Morant. If, assuming they keep that second pick, or even if they, you know, get the fourth pick, they probably would go with um, somebody like Garland, who's still a, a legitimate guard. You know, he's just not as um, notable for his passing ability in the same way that Morant is. Whether it's Morant or Garland, they're going to build around, you know, a young core of Jackson and that whoever they're picking, and you know, looking to the future. They're not looking to to make the playoffs anytime soon. Their window is probably three or four seasons from now, as far as entering the playoffs are concerned. Yeah, they just the, the, you're right about that. Their windows. I don't think they were in any rush to be good. So uh, we'll see. Um... We'll see who they play, and even how many how many um, so how many minutes the starters play. Maybe they spread it around too, not worrying about getting a lot of continuity. Um, all right. Well, then speaking of John Morant, I guess this is a pretty good transition to go into the NBA draft. I am not someone who really follows the draft that closely. I don't watch a lot of college basketball throughout the year. Um, I do love the tournaments, but besides that, it's just not a game I follow that closely. Um, Obviously, I know who Zion Williamson is. I know John Morant. I know the guys from Duke. Um, I know Jared, Jared Culver and then uh, DeAndre Hunter, I believe his name is. But I don't know how these guys are going to fit in uh, to their teams, aside from maybe Zion and Ja. Um, well, first of all, are you a big draft guy? Do you, do you, do you, do you get into it? Uh, obviously, you're doing the show tomorrow night. What am I saying? Well, what have you pre- – you must have prepped then for this, right? Well, a little bit, but to, to be, you know, um, to be completely transparent, as I don't get to follow the NCAA a lot, you know, being uh, living in the Philippines, I don't get to follow um, college ball as as much as I should. Uh, but that said, I, I do a bit of research. Uh, but again, it's it's still it's still very um, shaky at best. But uh, uh, this being still predominantly a fantasy basketball podcast, I must say that more often than not, you know, um, we shouldn't really look at rookies as far as looking for fantasy value is concerned. 
maybe the odd two to three guys with impact. You know, obviously you've mentioned uh, Williamson. Uh, obviously, Morant would be in an ideal situation to to produce right away. But aside from a handful of rookies, it's really rare that you're going to have, let's say, a LeBron James type who will, you know, make that much of a splash right away when they start their careers. Yeah, but I want to I want to try to put you on a spot here and have a little fun with this. Is that okay? Oh, sure, sure, right. sure. So let me go. Uh, let me do two things here. Um, Zion Williamson versus. Um, why am I forgetting his name? The guy, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. <laughs> the guy from Phoenix, the number one pick, DeAndre Ayton. Who has a better fantasy season next year? Oh, from the get, oh, okay, uh, I'd say Aiden. Yeah. Aiden um, was a pleasant surprise as far as I was concerned. In a lot of drafts, I saw Jaron Jackson Jr. being drafted uh, ahead of Aiden um, in Dynasty. Obviously, I've, I've started Dynasty last season, so to get me in a better spot to appreciate rookies but uh Aiton was a pleasant surprise his lack of blocks was obviously a bummer but his solid you know shooting from the field you know doesn't really hurt you from the free throw line um now Williamson I think may be prone to a bit more um turnovers uh from the get-go but his ability to contribute defensive stats will be a plus um, I think that gap, uh, you know, I, I I must say, though, that the gap between Aiton and Williamson will close um, quite quickly over the next few seasons. And we might actually see Williamson overtake Aiton eventually. But since your question was just limited to next season, yeah. I would still prefer Aiton over Williamson in a redraft league. I, I agree with you there. And, I, you know, one thing I'm worried about Williamson, as much as I like him as a Obviously, he's a fantastic player. I'm worried about him getting in foul trouble a lot. I don't know if how much you said you won't be able to watch a lot of the NCAA, but when I watched him play, he he made a lot of fouls that were not. Um, I would just say they're not. They weren't like at the point of attack. I think he was just making silly mistakes, and I'm worried he's going to take advantage of it as as a youngster in the NBA. So we'll see. We'll see if that impacts his fantasy value at all. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Long term, I'd rather have Williamson over. Aiden, but next year I would take Aiden. Um, so now I'm going to compare. Who would you take, John Morant or? And I'm blanking again. The guy from Atlanta, Trey Young. Trey Young. Okay. Uh, wow. All right. Uh, again, <laughs> I'm sorry. I did not prepare you for any of this. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm a converted Trey Young fan. Uh, I was not high on him at all, but his post All Star break performances, you know, as I was watching those box scores, blurbing Trey Young, and, and the guy really took, you know, took a significant leap as far as his efficient scoring efficiency was concerned, and you know, him being able to to bring eight point something assists per game aside from three-point shooting aside from 20 plus points per game um it's very interesting i think i would still go with young okay it's gonna be close <laughs> i think it's gonna be maybe around a part in year-end value um i think that 
if you want the passer, Morant might actually end up passing more or have the better assist averages. But Trey Young's package of scoring, three-point shooting, assists, and hopefully a little bit of steals next season um, at a maybe low 40-ish field goal should be enough to keep Morant at bay. Morant is still, you know, does not have... Um, He's a bit scrawny, so I think his his and his body is not yet NBA ready, as they say. So he might, you know, get banged up a little bit here and there, um, especially with his, you know, cut to the basket style of play is, is concerned. Yeah, this one is tough for me, um, just because Young has the ability to hurt you in, in those turnovers and the in the percentages if he's having an off night. So, and, and we'll see how he shoots next year. And I think. Morant seems pretty NBA ready, um, but I think you're right. I think I, if I had if I had to pick, I'd have to go with Trey Young. It's just too hard to pass up the points and the three pointers, and he's a great playmaker. And I think it could it might not even be close next year. He might blow him out of the water as well. So, um, yeah, I just would have to go with. I'd have to agree with you as well there. Yeah, um, to some extent, buddy. I think uh, one thing I learned last season is yeah. that turnovers can sometimes be overrated. Or, you know. Yeah, I actually don't even care about turnovers, but I know most people play nine category leagues, right? Because I exactly, I play, so, yeah, you know. So I, I think you know, with with guys like James Harden, you know, ruling the the end, the fantasy basketball universe, you know, yeah. um, tr- you know, so what if you do all of that, <laughs> yeah, right? You know, the hell with turnovers sometimes. Yeah, I, I think it's too hard to like try to. Uh, pay attention to that category because all the other the all, a lot of the guys that have the best statistics in every other category have bad turnovers so it's really hard to avoid them um all right uh so those are the what we're assuming the top two guys in the draft rj barrett expected to go third um right now to the knicks like you said unless uh we see a move beforehand do you think he has um a good fantasy season next year any thoughts on him Barrett, yeah, yeah. I, I think so actually. Yeah. I think that he's gonna be a he's being compared actually to Andrew Wiggins, but I think that's a bit unfair. I think he's he brings uh, a far more dynamic stat set. Barrett has shown that he can do a lot more, so I would you know um, tack on an Andrew Wiggins as far as scoring comparison is is as a base. But Barrett will be able to rebound more, pass the ball better, and maybe chip in a little bit more on defense. So he's he's going to be a better rookie than Andrew Wiggins was when Andrew Wiggins came onto the scene. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen enough of this game to know it, but I, I think that's not, like you said. I, I think he's a different type of player than Wiggins. So we'll see. I'm expecting much different things fantasy wise from him. Um, I don't know if I'll rush out and get him. I was hoping he was going to play with Kevin Durant next year, but that's obviously not going to happen, uh, even if Durant goes to the Knicks. Um, no one's playing with Kevin Durant. Yeah, exactly. Um, but before we segue to the Warriors, is there anyone else on the draft board um, that you think will have fantasy relevancy next year? Hmm. Relevancy. And by relevancy, do we define that Oh, yeah, I usually, one, I usually do 12 teams. So, yeah, so, like, maybe top 125. Top 150. Yeah, but, yeah, be 150 at the at the very bottom. I'm thinking more like one 125-ish. 
uh, for for outside of the top three, it's actually hard to say. Yeah. I think the top three guys will will be you know standardly viable, quote unquote. Um, guys like Garland, DeAndre Hunter, who you've mentioned, um, maybe even Jared Culver. Um, those additional three names I toss in there um, as you know late round flyers, possibly. Um, Hunter, for example, has a three and D type of skill set that could be useful. Um, but again, with these other names that I, I'm tossing out there, it'll all really depend on when the, where they end up landing and whether or not they're going to be able to to have the opportunities to um, you know get the minutes, get the usage, and put up the stats that you know we're going to need in order to, to use them in fantasy basketball. Yeah, we're going to have to see who were they. Because we know the top three are probably going to be starting for their team next year, right? We can kind of – Yeah, for if, sure. If they go where we expect them to go. Um, and then after that, I think it's hard to say who's going to be starting. So that's that's where you kind of get your minutes and that's where you kind of get your usage from. So um, I, I I don't know how, how good those guys are, you know, to be impactful in the NBA but also fantasy impactful. So um, – I don't have much thoughts on them, so nothing to add here. Um, all right, anything else about the time dra- to move on? Then, yes, anything else about the draft before we move over to do our no, season no, review right. on the? We, we 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 can now lament the future <laughs> of the Golden State Warriors. Yes, exactly. You know what? I think I talked to you last time. We had talked about the Warriors winning uh, the title. At least I was predicting that. Um, did not same for, here, same did, did not foresee these injuries. I think I had thought it was going to be five or six games. I thought my thought was they would split in Toronto and then Kevin Durant would come back and it would all hell would break loose <laughs> and they would win in, in five and maybe six. But um, obviously things have changed quite a bit since that episode. Um, before we get to the future, let, let, let's recap the past. Uh, I, I'm looking here at eight category ranks. Uh, Curry was fourth overall last year on a per-game basis, second in total because he played almost all the games during the regular season. Um, don't want to jump ahead, but I think he's in line for maybe being the number one guy in fantasy coming up, especially the nine-category leagues. Um, Durant, another first-round value, had a phenomenal season until that heartbreaking Achilles tear. Um, finished eighth on a per-game basis, uh, fourth total. Draymond Green, top 20 in both. Clay Thompson, actually 15th on total. He played so many games, um, 34th. And then Cousins, kind of f- finished where I thought. He played uh, not that many games, just 38 games, including the postseason, but finished in the mid-50s. Uh, we'll see if you have any thoughts about him for next year. First of all, any thoughts about last year before we forecast for next year? Um, I was actually stung by Draymond Green. Yeah, He saw a significant dip in usage um so much so that you know it it dragged his his per game value in nine cat outside of the top 50 and um for a guy that i was pretty much targeting somewhere in the top 30 i i was you know at the at a deficiency in value you know on teams that i i drafted green um obviously no not much surprises from Curry, uh, KD, etc. They they top ten value, no questions there. Um, Clay Thompson had his you know weird share of ups and downs. Actually, 
I think that Thompson, who by and large is roughly known for his consistency, you know, was actually quite erratic more than usual on a week-per-week basis. And there were uh, weeks that he would go ice cold, then eventually find his his shot, you know, a week or two later and string three or four games where he was performing well. Uh, but overall, it's, you know, when the when you have a three-point shooter able to finish the season in, you know, shooting from the field 46%, almost 47, um, there's very little to complain about. Um, again, you know, I know you said looking to the future later, but Clay makes my heart that you know what happened ACL and all um but yeah outside of those guys and you know cousins as you said there really isn't much to talk about as far as the warriors were concerned um they prior to cousins return from his injury they tried to do a center by committee which failed miserably um in the end just before he um went down with an injury of his own. Uh, Damian Jones emerged as their best guy over the course of, I think, five games. He eventually, after going through Jordan Bell and and, and Kevin Looney, um, Steve Kerr eventually decided to go with Jones. And Jones was able to, you know, average maybe five boards in a block per game as a starter. Um, he's still young. He's still raw. But um, he might actually be their quote unquote center of the future um, once he gets his basketball IQ up there. Yeah, that, that's the really interesting position because we don't know if, if Cousins is going to sign with them again. Um, we don't know if Looney's going to be there as well. I don't know what their thoughts on Jones, like you said, at times um, got some run. He looks like he has potential to, to play in this league. Um, not sure what's going to happen there. But before we go to the uh, to the front court, let's start with the back court. I want to go with Steph. I am already planting my flag on him as the number one player in fantasy next year. Am I crazy? No, I I, I think he's going to produce a lot. You know, five threes per game are 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 easy for Steph. Uh, scoring somewhere close to thirty points, maybe even more. Um, he's without Clay, without KD. Um, he's pretty much the Warriors' offense, and that's and that's the big question. Actually, who's going to help him out? Um, the Warriors are in an interesting spot, and obviously they want to keep guys like Clay. Maybe even offer a KD a deal, um, but these guys are not going to be playing, and Curry by himself is not going to win them enough games to make the playoffs. I, I, I highly doubt that. Just take a look at the, the Houston Rockets uh, template right there. You know, James Harden, as good as he was last season, was not enough to, you know, he took him to the playoffs, but they're not, the Rockets didn't win a championship. So Steph is going to be great. Steph is going to be crazy. So as long as he keeps his ankles, um, you know, taped together, or taped up and you know not busted up. I think he's he's going to perform quite well. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I know people are worried about it. He has had injuries in the past, and it's certainly been a recurring thing with the ankles. And 
But he did play 91 games this past season, including the playoffs. Um, and some of the games he didn't play in the regular season were just for rest. I think they will. I think every superstar is going to have a lot of load management next year, um, as we saw with Kawhi in Toronto. I just think that Steph is going to be scoring in the 30s. He might make five to six three-pointers a game. His rebounds are solid. His assists may actually go up because uh, he's going to have his ball. The ball is going to be more in his hands than just sharing it with uh, um, Durant in the backcourt. And um, Go up. Who's he going to pass to, dude? Oh, he, he, the man is phenomenal passing. He will find someone. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Maybe maybe Quinn Cook will be knocking down threes. Uh, maybe Jerebko oh, yeah. will be out there. I don't know who's going to be out there. I don't know if Iguodala is coming back. Um I don't know. I just know that this guy, they'll find a way. They're, they're too good of an organization, too good of a coach, too good of a player not to find a way to score lots of points. And I think he'll be heavily involved with everything. So, um, are you there? Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. I agree with you. Okay, perfect. So, yeah, I'm taking Steph over Harden. I know this probably sounds crazy. Uh, partly it's because I just like watching Steph play way more than watching Harden play. So, uh, part personal preference. Anyway, uh, Durant, as we all know, will not be playing next season. Um, do you think this helps Draymond Green and his fantasy value? Um, yeah, because it's pretty much going to be a two-man game between Steph and Draymond. Yeah. And um, we're going to see an uptick in his usage. He's, um, you know, he's going to do what he does. He's going to, you know, rebound, do everything else except score. Um Maybe in this case, in this situation and scenario, Draymond Green might actually have to score at this rate. You know, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I agree. You know, he's he's going to do it all, literally, save for his less than desirable free throw shooting accuracy or lack thereof. Um, I I think he's he's going to be an excellent multi cat guy, probably. Uh, Top 30 value again, or along that range. Maybe top 25 even, depending on on how the Warriors make their moves. Yeah, that's the thing. How do they fall out their roster? Um, we'll see what happens to their signings in the offseason. Um, but I think Draymond, he averaged 8.8 8, 8 points per game last year, and I think that changes next year. Um, I think he does have to score probably like 50% more, like maybe like 12, 13 points a game. Um, and I don't think any of the other statistics take a big hit. So you're right, his free throw percentage is not great, but he's not shooting that many free throws. And I think um, the turnovers will kill you, like you said, they did in, in nine category leagues, but I'm starting to write off that category anyway. Um, so I think his value goes up just a little bit um, next season. Not, not enough to really reach for him, but I think if he falls um, – I would take him. And then uh, Clay Thompson expected to miss most of the season. I don't think he'll be drafted in most leagues unless people are in um, – not dynasties. What's that called? Keeper leagues or or keeper leagues. Thank you very much. Or you have a, you just want to like hold on to them for your playoffs, which I guess is, is not a bad thing to do. Um, but that's just way too far in advance planning for me. All right, let's go to DeMarcus Cousins. Let's assume he signs here for – uh, in Golden State, do you think he becomes uh, a lot more valuable? Yeah, obviously, yes, because um, it'll be him and Curry. But um, part of me really thinks that uh, that the organization has 
earmarked him as somebody who's, you know, going to be leaving the team. So I don't foresee him. Um, I mean, I've heard slash read Steve Kerr wishing Cousins well, thinking that, you know, he's going to be able to get a good deal elsewhere. So I don't think there's this impression that that DMC, who is obviously still after some sort of max deal, um, despite being uh, providing a mixed bag of results in 2018-19, you know, uh, he's, you know, I don't think he's going to stay with the Warrior, actually. No, I don't Unless think he takes a card. No, yeah, I don't think he's going to stay there either. I don't think, I think he came here kind of like wanting to rehab and kind of chase a ring. And um, he's got his rehab as best as he can, and he's not going to chase a ring next year. So I think he's gone. Um, so this, if they re-sign Looney, um, do you think? I like Looney. Do you I like him a lot? I like him a lot too. too. Yeah. I love him. I, I don't understand last season's hype of Jordan Bell. I, I know Bell is quite athletic and all, but as far as I'm concerned, between Looney and Bell in this Tweedledee, Tweedledummer situation, Looney has the actual better basketball IQ. I think he makes a lot less um, mistakes, commits a lot less ticky-tack fouls, as they call them, um, you know, unnecessary loose ball fouls. And I think Looney would be the more productive guy uh, to look at as far as Maybe a late round flyer pick is concerned. Yeah, if Cousins goes and Looney's resigned, um, I, I last year he was around two hundredth, so he wasn't fantasy relevant um, on a per game basis. I think he can get into the inside the top seventy five if he's their main guy. Um, seventy five—that's quite generous. It's very—it's very generous. I know he only plays yeah, play nineteen generous. minutes a game, but I think yeah, he yeah, can no, be, no, no, no. Yeah. All right. Kevin Looney has his limits. <laughs> I think, I think, top one hundred and fifty is closer, or maybe <sighs> top one hundred is as far as I'd go. All right, um, I don't. It, it's 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 too much. Um, he's had opportunities in the past that he started. Um, he's shown that he can be productive, but in the end, you know, at the end of the day, Kevin Looney is still just a solid athletic role player in the post. He's not going to be, you know, a facilitating big man like Green is. You know, he's just there for extra boards, extra blocks, some lob alley-oops here and there. But that's that's pretty much, uh, the, as you see, um, what you see is what you're going to get from Kevin Looney. And well, you probably see better Looney than what we've, you know, been accustomed to. But I don't think uh, a drastic turnaround of top set top 75 value is 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 something that i'd i'd expect from him all right you mock me a little bit but i'll tell you this if he so last year he got i dare you i double dare you 19 minutes a game i'm I'm saying if he if he is playing around 30 minutes a game i think he'll be top 75 that is just my my if then type hypothesis um okay i should expect that i told you so eric you will get that. I told you so. In the future, you're gonna ask me to come on just to tell me <laughs> you told me so. And look at Kevin Looney now. All right, I'm. I'd be. I'd be happy to be proven wrong. But yeah. you know, all right. We'll sure. see. We'll see. The other guy here. I think the only other interesting player here that might that might pop next year is uh, Quinn Cook if he gets more minutes. Um, 
or do you not even see him as a as a potential fantasy asset? No, I actually think Quinn Cook has some potential. We might see some double point guard, you know, um, recipes, starting point guard recipes in action for the Warriors, him and Curry playing together um, at certain times in the game um, and not just subbing for Curry. Um, it's simply because the Warriors just need, you know, somebody who's able to put points on the board. Yeah. Uh, Cook has shown in the past that he can do that, um, but just not alongside Curry. So we're going to see if um, if changes can be made uh, along that front. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly one thing that they that really jumped out this postseason was the lack of three point shooting when they when they lost uh, Durant and Thompson, and we'll see. Um, so Cook came and, and and knocked down a lot of shots. At least took a lot of shots. He's not shy out there. We'll see who they saw in the off season to sort of fill that out. Um, I know they there's been some chatter that they're going to make a priority to get three point shooting, but I'm not sure exactly who that's going to be. So we'll see. Quinn Cook is obviously um, not fantasy relevant yet. We'll see how this roster rounds out before make any moves on him. But um, I think that's it. Is there anyone else here you're interested in? Um, no, not really. Uh, it's, it's, it's a bit too early to think that Jones will make an impact. He probably will be still somewhere closer to the top 200 than to the top 150, but who knows? Um, again, he still has some ways to go. I, I really think that um, without the addition of another um, scoring threat, the Warriors might not even make it to the playoffs. Oh, you're kidding me. Don't say yeah. that. They're, they're, they're still in the playoffs. Come on. Really? It's just Steph Curry and Draymond <laughs> Green. For no, no, no. That, that's not going to happen. Um, Especially with the moves that, that's happening in the West. The Lakers just got stronger with Anthony Davis. Yeah. The Jazz just got stronger by by consolidating and getting Mike Conley. Um. I, I believe that the Thunder, who are trying to to offload some some cap space, are 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 making some moves. The Rockets are reportedly targeting somebody like Jimmy Butler. So I don't know how they're going to afford him, but you know, uh, the West is really uh, there. There's blood in the water, so to speak. The Warriors have you know shown that they've are are, are not able to to defend their title anymore and. Uh, a new boss is wanting to emerge from the West, and we're going to see who's that, who that's going to be. Well, I totally agree with you there. I mean, I don't think the Warriors have uh, much of a chance of making the, the finals next year, but I not making the playoffs would shock me. Um, so I'd see the Clippers finish higher than the Warriors. I will. Oh, I, I'm not. Well, if they get Kawhi, for sure. If they get Kawhi, they would definitely finish higher. Um, but I will have you back on so you can say I told you so if they don't make the playoffs. That would be that would be a very bold <laughs> a bold thing to come true. Um, all right, Eric, I'm going to wrap this up unless you have any other final things you want to share. No, thank you very much. Um, yeah. it, it was, as usual, a blast. Uh, I enjoy every time you, you invite me to come on the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And... Um, uh, Hope to be on again sometime soon. Yeah, so should people just go to uh, HoopBall tomorrow, hoop-ball.com, to check out the – Yeah, of course. Uh, the- check out our coverage of the draft and pretty much our coverage of everything that's NBA and fantasy-related. Um, we've got you covered. 
Yeah, live uh, live blurbing. Is that what it's going to be, or just uh, yeah, yeah, up to the minute blurbing yeah. on the draft tomorrow at hoop ball dot com, our homepage there. Um, and then you can find Eric. Your what's your uh, Twitter handle? Oh yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm at fantasy hoopla. That's H double O P L A. Um, if you want to ask me anything that's fantasy basketball related or anything NBA related, I'd be happy to chat. Yeah, please do hit him up. Um, you can follow me or tweet at me at Ball with Neil. And uh, with that, we're going to wrap it up tomorrow. Uh, Adrian and Coach will be, I'm sure, talking about the fantasy. I'm uh, not the fantasy. The reality NBA draft results, and uh, also uh, doing a review of the Toronto Raptors. And then Dan will be back on next week on Monday, giving all his takes on everything that's probably going to transpire that Eric's going to be blurring about tomorrow. Um, it's always a crazy day in the NBA draft. You always see, in addition to players getting drafted that go that we don't expect, we also see often big trades that will impact not just the um, reality landscape, but the fantasy landscape. So with that, uh, I just want to mention again, our presenting sponsor is HawaiianIsles.com. Coffee. You can find their products at HawaiianIsles.com or on Amazon.com. And uh, enjoy the draft, and we'll be back on tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.